What's up, Hawklings? Today, we'd like to introduce you to someone you may know, you may not. If so, that's fine. If you don't, that's also fine. But they go by the name Nightmare, and we think they're pretty cool. Um, how's it going, Tyler? Uh, everything is great. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you guys for, for having me. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Big fans. Um, we don't say that hollowly. Um, and then, of course, as always, I'm Tony, and I got my buddy Sean here. How's it going, everybody? And today, we are going to learn more about the man behind the mystery and the beats and the bad dreams, um, Nightmare. Uh, everyone at this point, if you're within the EDM sphere, you should know who Nightmare is, um, whether that's from his Goosebumps remix back in 2017, or it is his kind of blending of the rap and hip-hop and trap scene now. Um, we're going to talk about his new song with uh, Young Pinch called Scars. Uh, we're going to definitely talk about this new Illinium remix off of the new album Fallen Embers. Um, but first, John, you got this first question for? Yeah, I mean, let's start from the beginning. Um, you went to Icon, um, and we, we want to know, what was the hardest part of going to Icon? Um, we know how you met Slander there. You guys blew up together, but what was actually, you know, do you have an easy part or a hard part about school that you remember? Um, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I, I actually got a four-year degree before I even went to Icon. So I grew up in North Carolina. I did, like, you know, went through college doing finance and like was kind of just teaching myself music for a long time. So I think the hardest thing was kind of like making the decision to move from like East coast to West coast and like really like just dive head first into music. Um, you know, I just had this like just driving gut feeling of like, man, I just really, you know, I was kind of the only one doing electronic music in my area. I was seeing a lot of successful, super young guys like Porter and Zed who were like, you know, 18, 20 at the time. And, um, you know, it just seemed like a very attainable goal and I was really passionate about it. So, um, you know, I kind of made the decision right as I got my degree to like not pursue my degree and, and, you know, move to LA and, and, um, you know, Icon was great. I think, um, uh, you know, when I was there too, it's a lot different than it is now. Like it was me and like 14 other kids or something, um, in our class. And then there was like two classes um of students per day and then there was like i don't know interchanging twice a week so totally, my point was the school you know there wasn't that many students there now it's a lot bigger and stuff so it was it was really awesome because you took all the same classes with every student you became really good friends like that's how me and derek became so close because we sat together on the first day it's only maybe you know a dozen a little bit more kids in the class and we were kind of the two who were like super into hip-hop kind of vibe electronic music and trap music and like dubstep and all this kind of stuff um and there was other guys who were into it um but yeah we just had a really similar taste and um yeah i mean i think it was it was a really good environment to be in you know i think the hardest part for anybody who's who's moving out to la and and anybody who's doing creative work is like just spending that time 
where like you're like working every day making new things and what you're making is not really like quite where you want it to be yet you know what I mean and everybody who's I mean you know you you get into it because you have great taste and like you know your taste can tell you're like oh I'm still not at the point where I'm like I want my music to be like I for me it was like I need to be able to like play this Skrillex song and then like play my song next in the show and there's not like a wild difference in the you know the, the mixing quality and all these different types of things so you know I think that period of time is when most people quit and it was really like disheartening in a way kind of like just producing every day and you know putting out songs and not really many people listening to them and trying to push them as much as you could and just like you know, the hustle and the grind that, like, everybody does, who, you know, especially if you're making electronic music, there's a lot of people doing it. So um, that part was, you know, obviously not super easy. Um, but the great part, you know, was being surrounded by a ton of other people who were doing that. So, like, even if you spent all day, like, working, you know, on music or whatever, you know, for me, I would go home and I lived with four other guys who went to school with me. So we would just... I get home and there's four guys working on their laptops at home and I'm like, shit, I got to keep working. And so it was like, it was cool. It just motivated me to be creative all the time. And I think, you know, success kind of happens when like, you know, I've, I'm sure you've heard this, but when, you know, um, preparation meets opportunity and it's like, you know, just spending that time, like being prepared, putting out music, you know, focusing on like branding myself well, doing all this stuff. And, you know, just waiting for the time for it to, like, pop off or for, you know, something to, to work. And having that, like, support system in school, like you mentioned, you had four, like, good roommates and you had people, you only had, like, a small class, right? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, and that's, I mean, we, like I said, you know, every you took the same classes with everybody. So it was, like, you and those 14 kids through every single class that you took. And so just developed really strong relationships with like those people. And so there's still some of my best friends right now. And um, so, yeah, it was cool. It's nice to like, it's really easy to feel lonely when you're doing something like that. And so when to be in an environment where you're like, yeah, just surrounded by people who are also working and hustling and, and doing similar minded you know, music and creative stuff was helpful for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's how I kind of feel with electric hawk. Like I, not that productive i feel like on my own but those days when like everyone just gets in the electric hawk discord and like just gets on the video cam and it's literally like we just start working at like a virtual office like no one really says anything for like an hour we just have like the yeah. catching scenes like mix in the background like on yeah on like the bot and everyone's just kind of like working on their own thing but it like makes you feel like it's easier to be productive like it's yeah. easier to find that motivation and that like recover the drive, you know, that, or the inspiration that you originally found. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's yeah. great for the uninformed icon collective is a music electronic school in LA that very prestigious at this point. And a lot of people move out to LA to go there and some people end up doing the right things and meeting the right people and making it big, like Mr. Nightmare here, or, you know, they get, it's easy to get sucked into the LA party scene and just go to space yacht every, every week and like yeah. not really do your homework, like the extra homework that you have to do and blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. But yeah, you definitely so, like, 
get out of icon what you put into it like there's plenty of people who go there just i don't know expecting to learn everything that they you know hope to accomplish i guess or i don't know it's like you know the more hours you spend sitting in there the more successful i feel like you end up being i guess i don't know definitely makes sense yeah make you make sure you get those assignments in at midnight you know yeah (laughs) every night well, I think didn't you say? I think you said before to me that some of the assignments weren't like mandatory. Like you didn't like get like a bad grade if you didn't do some things. It was more like they could tell who like wanted to do the things. Or maybe I'm remembering wrong. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I again, it's like changed a good bit. Even when I was there, like when I finished, it was like, oh, here's your certification in digital music production. And now it's like a two year degree or like a one year degree or something. It's like a little more official. They have like school board accreditation and all this stuff. Oh, wow. Um, So I think they do have to be more specific about their grading and their classes and all these things. And when we were there, I mean, for sure, you know, people got grades and stuff like that. But it was like, you know, it was a type of situation where if you failed, like, you could go take it again. They're like, we want you to just to learn this information. We don't care if you fail. Like, the point is for you to retain this knowledge and to understand it. And like, that's what we're here to help you do. Like, if you fail this the first time, like, we'll help you. What did you fail on? What did you miss? Like, let's go through it and figure it out so you can understand it better. And like, you know, when you move on to the next course, everything else makes sense. So, um, yeah, you know, and there would be plenty of like, you know, certain classes you take, like one is called the art of flow. And it's like just learning about being creative. And so like, literally, sometimes it was like, you know, if you're feeling a, like writer's block, here's five things you can do. One of them is like drawing mandalas and like little things like that. And it's like, obviously, you don't have to do those things. But, you know, they're just things that, you know, whatever it's like things that they think will be helpful for you and so it's like you can not do them if you want but um you know the more like i said the more you put into it the more you get out of it mm-hmm. for sure and so i mean it seems like you put in a lot you got out a lot and so this brings me to the next question um i mean you've been touring consistently for like four years now there was a couple years there where you kind of went into overdrive and you were like everywhere all at once um yeah but so if you with this Alaska show that you just did, mm-hmm. was that the last state that you needed to go to where you've been to all the states or are you still missing one or a couple? I still have not been to North or South Dakota. Which is oh, no. Come but on. Those are the only two. Yeah. Hey, so apparently Fargo's got a decent base scene. that you. Can I've heard it. Into. I've heard it's pretty great. Yeah. I mean, I think. um yeah, there was a few few times like we looked at Fargo and somehow the routing didn't work or for whatever reason I just didn't end up there. But yeah, I think I've done everything. I've done Maine now. Um, I don't know if I've done a Delaware show. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like where I would have done there. Delaware. But yeah, I mean I've almost everything at this point. Well, how how was your experience in Alaska? By the way, I want to ask that. It was awesome, man. I mean, I think, um, you know, for me, like, just personally, I am like, you know, obviously, on stage in front of a bunch of people doing all this stuff, but I still am sort of introverted. Like I, when I'm not on stage, I'm just a very quiet person. I like being by myself. I feel recharged when I'm like, you know, home, home alone, and just like, you know, 
relaxing, doing nothing, being outdoors, hiking, like being away from technology and things like that. So Alaska, obviously for me, was like really awesome. I went there early for four days to be able to like explore and do some hikes and be outside and, you know, kind of out of all, you know, I just always heard about like whatever Alaska, like the last frontier. And it's just like, it's this wild, empty land where you can do whatever you want. And it kind of was like that. Like it was awesome. It was the last frontier. It was like, I mean, it just felt like, you know, you're driving an hour, you drive an hour outside Anchorage and, you know, you're going through this beautiful meadow with insane, like, you know, 4,000 foot tall, like mountains that are right next to the ocean. And there's people camping wherever they want and fishing wherever they want. And like, you know, it's just a little more lawless and a little more like feels free and just like it, it was it was just a really cool relaxing vibe everyone i met was really nice um very welcoming and like you know i think they kind of went through this period of time where um you know all they have is tourists mostly almost everyone who's there is tourists and so i think they kind of resented tourists for a while and then they went through this period of covid where no one was coming and so now that tourists are coming back, they're kind of like, oh, yay, we're so happy you guys are back. It's like, it was just, you know, they rely on a lot of that, you know, for their economy and things like that. So people were super, super nice. The show was amazing. Like the energy, like, was just so high the whole night. I think it's just, you know, people just, they just don't get a lot of shows up there. And so, you know, maybe they get, you know, half a dozen electronic shows a year or a dozen and, you know, maybe two of them are bass acts. And so it's like, you know, they, everyone was just very appreciative and grateful that, you know, we were doing this show. And um, it was just overall 10 out of 10. Love you, Alaska. Yeah. Awesome. It's, like, it's those small markets, you know, you never, you also like Hawaii is a very small market for some mm-hmm. reason. You know, yeah. Alaska, obviously, you got, your upper northeast corner and there's and as you said the dakotas i mean there's so many like small places around the world that you know you only get a handful i'm actually from burlington vermont so like you get like three higher ground man yeah higher ground place yeah played there a few times it's a blast and yeah i mean Sometimes, like, yeah, sometimes the places, I mean, honestly, generally, the places that get fewer shows are almost crazier just because people are so hyped to, like, have a show. Because you haven't had that one show in, like, a month, and they're like, oh, what's next? Yeah. Yeah, it's either, like, there's just a weird, like, hidden sleeper cell of nightmare stands in these, like, tiny towns, or it's, like, the people that are, like, finally just, like, someone's playing dubstep some sort of rhythm or something and they drive yeah. like two hours and they're like who's playing nightmare hell yeah i love that guy let's go <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i think like um yeah it was great it was like a huge amount of walk up too like there was plenty of tickets that people bought in advance but i think you're right like i think a lot of people are just like just excited to do something yeah yeah i mean uh speaking of touring though going back to 2019 early 2020 i mean you had the portal tour going on and yeah you did hit up all these smaller cities um do you have any moments you have to share while you're on like the portal bus tour or like in any city do you have any crazy stories that you could tell us um i don't know the the portal tour was like it was so 
it was this weird it was kind of almost a weird time for me because i was like so excited for this tour and so like so much work you know came together to like make it happen and it was just like finally you know creating something that was like a vision of mine and like you know something that the slander guys helped me with too like setting a stage and all that stuff and um and by the time i got to the tour i was just so tired from doing because i i had just finished um yeah the good vibrations tour with with um with seven lines and glitch mob and all those guys and it was also a bus tour which like i had done one bus tour previously but um you know the thing with bus tours is like because you're renting a giant bus and you're bringing around your stage you basically need to be doing a show every day or at least for a week minimum and so i probably did like six weeks where i was doing five or six shows a week and then i flew november i basically flew to australia new zealand did a tour there flew straight back and then i did my new year's run which was like i don't know it was like eight shows in five days some ridiculous amount then I had like a week or two weeks off and then I started the portal thing, which was another eight weeks of doing like three, four five shows, six. Sometimes we did seven shows. Like there was one day where we had or one time where we had 10 shows in 10 days. We did 10 in a row Then we had one day off and then nine shows in the next nine days. So it was like it became That's ridiculous. I was I'm like, sorry, bro, <laughs> dude, it was like I, 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 you know, I just got into this point where I was like. I would walk out, play the show like. You know, I mean, fortunately, I had friends on the on the bus and no one was like raging, partying too hard. It wasn't like an outraged environment, but like between was, doing a show tour, so you got to like be like, yo, guys, we're like you got to set the vibe of, uh, yeah, we're kind of chilling. Yeah, for sure. And and yeah, I mean, I think fortunately it was a great group of people as Kyle yeah. Company and Ethan and like, um, you know, some of these guys who same thing you know we all like to just fucking smoke weed and like chill after the show anyway and play some games and like just make music so um you know it it was great but we didn't like it was definitely the least wild of of the tours that i've been on just because i was just felt like i was trying to conserve so much energy like i would get to bed at 3 a.m 4 a.m maybe you know wake up at 2 p.m in whatever new city try and find some food like try and like you know work on the set for the night do whatever actual like you know work i have to do any like any life shit that i have to do i also have to do on the road so if i needed to go to the doctor or the dentist or the fucking you know cvs to get some new toothpaste whatever you know there's tour managers and people to help me out but still it was like just this routine that i fell into of just like man i was like so i don't know i wasn't really drinking much or doing anything because i was just trying to like conserve my energy to be able to you know perform for an hour and a half just every day kind of burnt out yeah 100 percent. and by the end i was like i like i had canceled probably five or six shows like at the end of the tour i was supposed to go to cancun like i had a second show in ultra and like all this stuff and i was like i like i just needed i canceled them it was like the first time i've ever canceled shows and you know two uh, two weeks later covid shit everything got canceled anyway but um yeah i was like just getting burnt out and it was like it was it was tough because i and like i said i was like so excited the stage was amazing the show was fucking awesome every single night like we had it so dialed like our tour manager was killing it our fucking um you know our yeah that, like, the lighting LD, director like, yeah everybody. for those shows were amazing 
yeah, Kendrick, Kashao, Kendrick Sue, my, you know, he he does the LD for me. Slander guys too, mostly Slander honestly, but he did that tour and um, he crushed it. And we had a David Adato as my visual guy, and you know, we had our whole PK sound team and everybody. It was just, it was really awesome because the show was crushing. Fans were appreciating it, but yeah, I was feeling pretty burnt out and so didn't do too much raging, but um was super grateful for that period of time and then when the covid times hit i was just like fuck i just needed like i felt like i needed a month off and like a year after (laughs) having like literally a year off i was like good god like i still need time off like and i still feel like i don't even have my shit together like i was just you know trying to get so many things like organized like like you said i've been on the road for five years so i literally i mean i you know i hadn't been to a fucking you know doctor checkup in five years or like all this dentist in five years like anything like i was just like doing music all the time and i don't know it was just too much so it was good it helped you know this it was nice to have this break to kind of help me slow down a bit yeah i remember watching well i'm glad that you've had this big break and yeah um i hope that you feel a little bit rested here soon hopefully um but yeah, I mean, it makes me think of that Avicii documentary where Avicii was like doing basically exactly what you just said, like just yeah. kind of just globally, like everywhere, yeah. like around the world. And he just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it insane. takes a I big mean, toll and I'm glad that you like realized that and identified it and made like a conscious choice to be like, I need to focus on myself. I love what I do and everything. and I appreciate it, but I need like I can't do that if I can't do me. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was it was a lot, but it was yeah. I mean, like I said, it's been it's been nice to have this reset until I kind of like you. I just like it's very easy as an artist to fall into like that loop of touring because you also like when you're in a beachy, especially or even my level. You know, like I right now, I'm booking my shows for like January, February next year, and. March and all this stuff so you know I'm, we'll be getting my annual for Vegas and my annual deal for Insomniac and all this stuff soon so it's like someone's gonna ask me in two weeks if I want to do a show March 12th of next year and it's like I mean fuck I guess like what am I doing March next year I don't even know and then you know two more months down the road someone's gonna be like oh well you booked that LA show March 12th. Now we have an offer for a show in Paris and two days later, like, do you want to do that? And you're just like, uh, I mean, I, I, Paris or something, you know what I mean? You're like, Oh yeah. Fuck yeah. And it's like, Oh, well we can route a London date in there. And you're just like, you, by the time you get there, everything's been pieced together. And you're like, there's no way to like not do it. Yeah. There's no way to not do it also at that point. Like you get there and you're like, Oh shit, I have this like ridiculous amount of stuff. And it's like someone paying you to do what you love. So it's like, I do want to do it. You know what I mean? It's like, I would do every single one of these if I could. But it's hard to like, think about the physical energy that you may or may not have, like when it's that far in advance. Exactly. I mean, I don't have my minor in psychology yet, but just a quick idea that I'm having right now is like, what if you just like say to yourself, like, all right, like, I don't know what I'm doing March 12th, but maybe like from like the first three weeks of April or like all of April, I like take it, I take some time off. Like I like, yeah. like I, I, I like just pick out a month. Like, I don't know what I'm doing in April, 2022. Maybe that's like my yeah, go I home mean, and chill with the parents for a week or two. And like, that's when I, I do my doctor thing and I chill and I eat cheetah, hot Cheetos and play some video games. And 
Yeah, I mean, that's kind of for myself. January, essentially, for me, because I think a lot of people rest in those times, December and January. It's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it's hard, because no matter what month you pick, there is shit to do. And so it's like, if yeah. I go April, it's like, oh, that's Coachella, and that's like, you know, that's when festival season starts, and like, you have like, you know, the, you know, I, I'm sure I could list off five things, you know, Maybe go back and look at my, my April schedule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well, hubby, you know, I don't know, like, yeah, it's tough. It, and so I, you know, January has been my time to do that. I've kind of been planning on um, that from now on. I'm like, I'm just always going to take January off because there's never that many important things going on in January. And in the past, I've kind of always gone to Australia and New Zealand in January because um, it's summertime then for them. And so yeah. it just makes sense. Um, but yeah, I've just like, yeah, definitely set up, set my like, my months off now every year and like i mean next year i kind of my plan was to go hard this year um and just rip you know like my club shows and things like that and then next year i'm definitely going to do significantly less shows and um you know i'm working on rolling out an album and just doing a bunch of other things yeah and um i mean the whole pandemic you've got the chance to work on yourself and you know work on things like you said the album i'm just gonna transition to this yeah um you know how's how's that going how's the um the work with the album going so far it's it's been um like super fun i mean i i think a year before covid or around a year or so before um i i started working with this creative director it's really cool guy um, he's one of my good friends now too, and um, yeah, he's just someone who you know could help me kind of like scheme things creatively. Like I think um, one of the one of the big like one of the big things we talked about at Icon was this like hero's journey like tale, and um, basically I don't know if you guys are familiar, but essentially like there's a book that we had to read and this guy wrote and um basically he studied every religion and every on around earth and he was trying to figure out what like the one common theme of you know what it was and what the common theme was between all these different things and um he kind of like narrowed it down whittled it down to this hero's journey story and it's kind of like this you know story that you see throughout life and you know it's very obviously reflected in basically like you know a lot, almost every major film and like all this type of stuff and it kind of follows the story of, you know, the hero or the main characters in their, in, in their current state or their current environment. And they're unhappy with how things are. And they have this call to adventure or to go out and do something greater, better, or achieve their goals or dreams or whatever. And, you know, and then they, you know, there's a moment where they cross this threshold of uh, into discomfort, into this, you know, place they've never been before. They have all these trials, tribulations, you know, they end up. And then they have this big fear love battle at the end and you know they return home a greater person after conquering their fears and you know it's like kind of this loop of like life or whatever and so i kind of like i i really identified with the story and and there's a lot of details and stuff you can go read about it and and um you know it I, for me especially creatively it felt like something that everybody goes through is writing music you know you're like for me i moved 
you know, from North Carolina, my comfort zone with my parents out to, you know, LA and was chasing this dream and was just working my ass off every day and hoping it would come through and, you know, had to like, you know, conquer fears of being in front of people and going on stage and talking in front of large crowds and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's just, it's been a journey for me. And so I wanted to write an album that kind of reflected it for me and also represented it for other people who they could relate to. And also, you know, while keeping it kind of in the portal world and like the dream world and the nightmare world and all this type of stuff. So basically I've just been writing this whole backstory kind of thing with, um, with my creative director and it's this whole kind of anthology kind of like sci-fi story about, you know, a, a character who, um, you know, we're still, we're still working out kind of the details of the story, but essentially this main character person, which is me or understood to be me, you know, is, is, you know, living in their life and, and having these kind of like sleep issues. So they, you know, go, have your, oh fuck, I should send you this list of all these movies to watch because we watched so many goddamn 80s, like sci-fi movies. Anyway, it's going to be kind of this situation where it's the future and, um, it's like Donnie Darko kind of kind of it's a little less trippy than donnie darko it's a little more like beyond the black rainbow and like um i don't know some weirder movies but it would be set in the future where like essentially humans and people have gotten to the point where they are able to utilize like control like your dreams but you between you know dmt and like controlling your pineal gland and your brain and all these things they can essentially like send you into your dreams and pull you out whenever you want. You know what I mean? And um, we're essentially with DMT. That's kind of like the vibe, you know, and, and it's kind of this drug related thing. And so it becomes very obviously controlled substance, allowing people to go into the space. And, you know, the, when you go into your, this dream, it's actually like a universe, like a dream verse. And you're actually traveling into this other time period, not time period, but just like, you know, another universe like, essentially like, yeah part of the void <laughs> yeah it's essentially the dream verse is the, you know what, we're, what the name of it would be and so i was like you know toying with naming the album dream verse and all this kind of stuff and we've made all these characters and um you know all these settings and all you know backstory and all this stuff so it's cool the, the, the story you know follows this guy through all different parts of of the story and through different parts of the dream verse and, and reality and um you know all the story, like, I was kind of focusing really hard and trying to make it cohesive. Um, but in the end, it kind of each song and each video is like an excerpt from the bigger piece. And so, you know, my grand vision kind of is to turn this this bigger story and this bigger dream verse and, and the whole, you know, um, story into like a festival, into a real place, you know, and and, you know, each album will represent a different part of the universe and a different story and things like that. So, you know, this will be the first album for that. And there will be, you know, 12 different songs, 12 different videos. Each one will be kind of a little story within the universe so that, you know, I think it's just a little hard to keep people's attention these days. So I don't expect people to sit down and watch 12 music videos in a row or whatever, you know, to understand the story. But, um, I also want them to all work together and to, to create a bigger picture that, you know, will also come together for, for a live show and things like that. Well, there's That's, people, yeah. yeah, but there's people every day that will just go on Disney plus and just 
on that on the dot just go and watch the newest like series on marvel like at 12 a.m but you know yeah 100 percent. i mean that's the goal you know is to have really cool shit individually like the song's awesome the video is awesome and then people let people piece it together themselves almost you know what i mean it's like if somebody wants to dig deeper then they can and then they can start realizing that you know oh all these fit together and you know this company like treadsoft who's the company who's figuring out all the shit is actually the one who was in this other video earlier and like they you know their slogans actually on the merch that came out last year and all these random things that were kind of like leaving little bits and pieces for people to slowly like start figuring out kind of like yeah, as it starts growing awesome. thanks yeah I, I appreciate that yeah my creative director same guy who does all that stuff too he's really talented so but uh but referring to the or regarding the whole like building a world thing i think that's very important right now like back when like scary not monsters and nice sprites came out like it was just like revolutionary like sound and now it's like yeah. getting to the point where like everyone is so deeply entrenched in electronic music and dubstep and their favorite artists and their favorite genres and their favorite labels or collectives um it's super important to like make yourself stand out by creating this world. And we see people doing this, like we see excision with the, the whole lost lands paradox dinosaur kind of thing. We see Alinium with his different like settings for each album and like yeah. all of that stuff. And he's actually, I feel like he's doing something with the music videos that he was releasing for the album that he just came out with. I feel like he kind of did a similar thing to what you're talking about, about how the, the music videos are obviously like connected in a way. Yeah. But it's like you're missing like 15 minutes of like transition in between them. And yeah. So totally. like eventually I feel like when he does like a live set or something for that, for the album, he's going to use all these visuals and music videos and it's going to like tie together kind of like a seven lions kind of thing. He does something similar. So, yeah, Totally. I yeah, mean, and, and I, think... I really trust your like creative process and like how you do things and your sound. So I'm honestly very excited about this. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I think um, I think that little that little 15 minutes that nobody knows about that's in between each song, like in a way, like I think it's kind of on purpose, you know, because then it gives all these people who are big diehard fans and you know people on Discord chats or group chats or Reddit AM or you know whatever's are like discussing like oh maybe it's this maybe it's this or it just gives people things to talk about and try and figure out and it like creates a little bit more of that culture almost um organically just because you know people there's going to be discussions about you know what well how did we get from here to here and like where what's the missing piece and things like that yeah you know, like, for these crazy like fan theories like oh it's nice yeah exactly to, like, do this and like he's gonna fight like some intergalactic being like yeah yeah exactly that, yeah that, like... that's what it's going to be in the end like essentially you know the, the this person is in the dream verse and they're meeting you know they meet the girl of their dreams essentially you know it's like this beautiful amazing person you don't even really know um oh yeah have you seen the um have you watched black mirror have you seen the san junipero black mirror episode where uh, they yeah. like Essentially, when you're dying, they can put you into this world and you be whatever age you want. Oh, these two, these yeah, two yeah. girls meet each other and they fall in love. And then when they go back to the real universe, um, you know, one of the ladies is like 80 years old and paralyzed and can't speak and is like a vegetable. And the other lady, you know, it's just this really beautiful, intimate moment where they meet each other in real life and stuff like that. And it's not going to be too in that vein, but that was just another thing that inspired us a lot. And 
felt like a oh, very cool, cool metaverse kind of like type thing. Cool episode. You should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it. No, I have watched it. I just wasn't, I couldn't remember. I don't remember like the names of the Black Mirror episodes. Yeah, no, I feel that. I've seen, I definitely did not. I just know the Mortal Kombat it. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one is crazy. Um, yeah. All right, well, that... That is a lot about the album. I'm excited about it. Uh, I'm really happy for you that you've found uh, like this inspiration to do something like that because I know you've been, I mean, you started off with Street. I mean, essentially, you started off with Street and mm-hmm. like then you did a bunch of remixes, like the Limelight remix. Yeah. That is Classic. just awesome. Super um, fun fact, actually. the li- I made the Limelight remix and Street in the same day one day no way i think i think you may have told me that (laughs) because i made i actually was making the street remix and i basically made lime i er i think i was making the limelight remix and i essentially made the street drop and was like this is like outrageous like this is way too crazy and the little vocal chop like the that's what i was just thinking of in my head yeah that's the same melody from limelight if you yeah it's like i want the limelight with you or whatever i was listening today and i was like wait hold on yeah so i made that drop and i was like this is pretty crazy like i'll just put this aside let me try to remake another thing and then yeah i made that like limelight remix i mean it wasn't fucking 100 percent done obviously but essentially both drops i made in a day was, was it like an unofficial crazy. remix or did you contact like just a gent for that um i think they reached out actually yeah i oh, think i dope. did an official remix because i had also just remixed um the live this nightmare thing yeah, it was a, a yeah. remix i did call live this nightmare and they, it was for the griswolds they're australian and it was like another australian there it was both of those just a gent is also yeah. australian and um so i don't know i think somehow they chatted and was like oh he just did this remix like you should get him to do one and yeah it just worked out sean you got a question lined up for mr mayor <laughs> yeah i mean you know just going off all the remixes let's go to your recent originals and you know you've been diving into the hip-hop world um how is working with young pinch on your brand new song and also this new video they literally just released a couple weeks ago days ago yeah yes um thanks yeah it was good um it was super cool it was um he's a really nice dude like honestly i had i heard his music a few times and um yeah we had written i had like basically kind of a demo there was a coast co-writer on the song um with this guy finn really badass um songwriter and so he had kind of given me this basic super stripped down idea just guitar and him singing and then um you know work to make that whole song and the drop and everything and was kind of like finding you know going around to a bunch of people trying to find someone who would fit the vibe because it was kind of unique and and you know it had this hip-hop beginning but it was still kind of melodic electronic and um yeah i don't know i was actually um it was actually ultra one of the one of my you know one of the people i worked with at ultra who was like have you ever worked with young pinch like you know he expressed interest in working together and you know the song just feels like it would do great and so yeah we we met up in venice and worked in the studio and you know he wrote um you know finished writing the song and and tracked everything and it was great super super cool dude 
Um, it was fun hanging Venice, out with them. Venice, Italy, or Venice Beach? No, Venice Beach. Venice Beach. <laughs> uh, Definitely not. I was like, Venice damn, Beach. you guys traveling to Venice? <laughs> that would be a mission. Um, yeah, yeah. We just, um, yeah. I, I, my studio's in Venice Beach, so I'm usually here chilling. Um, but yeah, it was cool. He's a super nice guy. Like I said, the video was super smooth. Like, I think, um, you know, obviously the hip hop world is not quite as like friendly and egoless as as dance music like i feel like a, no matter who i mean dance music if it's fucking dj snake or steve aoki or skrillex or whatever like most people have been pretty fucking nice and respectful and you know give you the time of day to say what's up even before i was you know making songs that they wanted to play and i don't know hip-hop has just not always been like that there's definitely plenty of people who feels a little bit more like you know you gotta fucking flex on people and try to be the cool guy and um and i didn't feel that at all like he was super nice very respectful of everything that was going on and and very you know it was, it was great it was good good guy to work with for sure i mean yeah you've before like the whole i guess you would say before hip-hop really blended in to edm you had you know ellie goulding with this lights and you had so many other like kind of poppy singers go into the EDM world and do their own thing and or just yeah. do something with, with Skrillex or Dead Mouse, you know. Yeah. The transition from that and now it's it's still like a big transition because now you're hearing um just like all these different band I know Marshmallow worked with like this um oh what was that band called? Bastille. Bastille or Happy Oh Bastille. yeah, for sure. I mean that I was mean, like the Alenium fucking Mercury song of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Chainsmokers. Yeah. Yeah, and like Tom DeLonge from Blink-182 and Tezo is yeah. working with Alexander uh, Garsgård. Or is that, yeah. is that the actor? Did I just mess up? I don't know. Not sure which one. But <laughs> Hayden's always working. I mean, Kayla's always working with fucking really cool. Like, I mean, he's got his own lane, you know, super cool, yeah. like, bands and um, vocalists and stuff like that. Papa Roach and shit like that. I mean, right. yeah, just like blowing that in the mainstream. Sorry, Tony. No, you're good. Um, so I got a question about some collabs that cool. uh, we've been hearing snippets at, like Ovw. Ooh, nice. Yes, that played you guys' new collab at Dead Rocks this year. Um, I mean, Frontlines was a banger. It got constantly played by a lot of people. Um, how you feel about this new one? what's it what's the idea behind it's great that? yeah it's gonna be on my album so oh um, let's go yeah i mean i i got um yeah we we honestly we kind of finished it a little while ago and it was one of the ones where when i started the album um i had a little bit of an like we had started that song and i was kind of going through all of my music and was like okay what songs that i really love that will already work to fit into the story and the song the song was that's dead is called shady intentions and um it it just fit in to the to the story kind of so i like we've been working on it still a little bit and i play it out and stuff but um yeah i mean it's really similar vibe to Frontlines in terms of like the music and the tone quality and like the melodies kind of thing you know it's very melodic and uplifting and and um you know a nice vocal and stuff so yeah the idea behind i mean it's it's 
the reason part of the reason why I also liked it um for the album was because the vocal is like kind you know this girl's talking about like essentially you know that Sadie intention she's like you know I didn't didn't really see what your intentions were this whole time but now it's obvious like this is what you're doing and for me I was like cool that obviously works great for a love relationship but it could also work for anything like you know and there's plenty of deceit and you know shady things going on um you know within this story that we're writing and so it's gonna be I think it's gonna be the third song on the album the first one is like an original one um and like a big intro thing that i have and then the second one will be this collab with virtual riot and then the third one will be with seth Ed. Um, oh virtual riot is insane. i'm so glad it's he's cut, yeah he's awesome i'm glad that he's like pumping out music again i'm super pumped for this or pumped, super excited for this album yeah he's um dropping. yeah he's like one of us i mean i would argue that he is the most talented producer that i've ever worked with honestly he's crazy so good yeah i mean people must be you must be pretty good at producing if basically every other producer thinks that like you're the most badass producer yeah i mean it's like i would say him and like space laces essentially are my favorite you know i mean space laces is crazy too yeah i mean it's just yeah especially after being in the studio with with val virtual right like yeah i mean he's just so musically talented as well you know he grew up in germany like playing like organ and like piano for like his church like he's like a classically trained pianist so you know i like we even the first time like when we started working on it we met and we were like i was just like playing acapellas like random acapellas that i had and he was like went over the keyboard and was just like ripping off random chord progressions like with no, you know, there's no tempo or fucking beat or anything like, I don't know. He just immediately listened to it, knew what key the song was in, and was like trying out all these different chord progressions. Like, I was just like holy he's shit. got that inner metronome, that and and like perfect pitch. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he like I would like play a chord or like or you know we'd find a sample that we liked that was a chord, and he would immediately know the the you know the what the chord was and also the inversion of like the keys and all this stuff and just like you know types everything in like you don't even have to play anything to figure it out like it's just like oh just knows and then like calculates it. <laughs> and you're like oh <laughs> damn that looked easy for you <laughs> yeah i was just like holy shit like what that's pretty insane so like man sometimes i have to spend like you know 30 minutes like trying to figure out exactly what a chord progression is or maybe you know like rework like backtracking like from a sample that we found to try and like write out like whatever it is i don't know crazy yeah he's super smart super nice very talented very humble all good things to say about val yeah i mean those are better than the things i was gonna say so but but (laughs) we'll just leave yours um yeah (laughs) all right so we can kind of do like a more rapid fire uh version where it's be kind of quicker questions and you can't really think of anything that off the top of your head we just skip to the next one all right cool all right so the first one is how much money do you think you spent on room service at all the hotels you've stayed at oh god (laughs) 
Dude, who fucking knows? I mean, this question is like three years in the works. I'm sorry. I know. I mean, more than that, I'd say I've been ripping tours for five years, and probably, I mean, my busy my busy ones, I was doing like 175 shows a year, and less like my less busy ones, like 130 or something. So, say 150 shows a year times five years is what, like 750 um, times like who fucking knows. I don't know what's 750 times like. I'd say I'd say forty dollars a show or something. Okay. Who knows? Because there's definitely times, like you said, where we rip. Just a million people are eating a ridiculous amount of room service. I don't know. It's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars for it's sure. Just too much money. Just yeah, it's, it's definitely, like definitely too much money. Definitely not thirty grand. It's 30 yeah. Grand. No, it's for sure way more than 30 grand. <laughs> I mean, the, the other thing is, like, you know, we usually have a rider. So, like, on a rider, especially if I have, like, a crew, like, we have, like, a bunch of, you know, everything. Beers, pizzas, like, fucking snacks, healthy shit, like, a lot of stuff usually. So, I think in the more recent years, I've definitely had to rip less room service. Plus, it is, like, the worst thing ever to eat room service when you're on tour because... You finish the show at one o'clock, and the, your only option, no matter what city you're in, the entire world is pizza, basically. And so it's just like at like two a.m. Unless you're in fucking New York City or like Chicago or something, it's just so hard to get like any decent food at that hour. So, oh yeah, I don't know. I try to avoid it and just like eat something better the next day if I like if it's even possible. Um. Well, speaking of on tour, going on to the next question, uh, what's the weirdest fan interaction you've had if you you know you probably had a couple yeah i think the weird i i don't know like i've had um yeah i don't know i've had just like weird people like just trying to follow me like to my room and hotel room and that kind of thing once or twice which was like extremely creepy and not tight um i haven't i feel like i don't i feel like i have um i don't know i feel like i've had better experience than most people like in general when i met fans i haven't really had too many like super weird experiences um yeah i mean i can remember one time in salt lake city when i just like yeah there was just this guy just kept trying to like like we let him come backstage take a picture like do this stuff because he was just like losing his mind trying to i don't know why it was just freaking out and like causing issues and i was like cool just fucking i'll do it like sign over here and it was you know it was an after party at snow globe where the venue's so small this dude's like two feet away from you yelling at you like to asking you to do shit it's like i'm playing a show like in the middle of stuff like i can't even avoid it eventually you know after the show's done same thing i'm like okay fucking we get a picture do all this stuff send him off and then like he just keeps showing up and we're like dude like what are you doing here? Like, why are you following us around? And, and eventually like we kind of had like, yeah, I mean, eventually we had to get like, like a security guard essentially to like stop him from following us around. And like, yeah, he was trying to follow us to our car down this like dark alley. And it was just very weird. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've had more just like random weird, like experiences of like not fans, like being creepy, but more just like, funny weird shit that's happened like i remember like when i my first tour in australia i like somehow like got booked to play in this mining town in like north australia 
and I got there. It was like maybe 50 people at the whole show. It was essentially these, you know, it was a mining town. So people are there for maybe eight months of the year working and doing all this shit. And then they go home or whatever for part of the year too. And they make a shitload of money. So they just like, some of these guys own the club and just like book whoever they want because <laughs> they just like have enough money to do it and they don't care if they're losing money. Um, and so it was my first tour and I'm pretty sure I was getting like five grand for the whole tour and, and I had to pay for my flights and it was like four shows or something. And it was like pretty much, I, you know, breaking even essentially while I was going down there. And then these guys came in and paid me like 2,500 bucks or something. And I was like, holy shit, this is like insane. I went up there, played the show and I yeah i got there super weird no one on the dance floor like everyone's just sitting in booths essentially waiting for me to arrive and it's like a bar there's like drunk people at the bar who are just like bar locals who look like terrifying and we like start partying this one guy from the bar kind of like wanders over and is like ripping shots it doesn't seem to phase anyone he looks like slash like he literally has giant long curly hair <laughs> Wow. and after the set we're like I go back over and he looks like he's like blacked out drunk, like just very, his eyes are like not happening. And like we go to take this last shot and he like reaches in his mouth and literally like pulls his front tooth out of his mouth, <laughs> like falls out. And it's like kind of <laughs> bleeding, but like not really. And I, I was like pretty drunk and I was like, okay, what the fuck is going on? This, like, slash dude, and it was kind of like, oh, shit, like, you okay? Like, who knows this guy? Like, no one really knew who he was. It was was the fucking weirdest thing I've ever seen. And then we left afterwards, and, like, a couple of the kids were like, yeah, he's probably done a bit too much meth. These guys down here doing meth all the time. I was just like, holy shit. (laughs) Wow. I was gonna say like, it's like probably like someone, an inside joke between them or something. Yeah, I was like, are they just telling me that to be funny or like what's going on? I don't know. It was a very weird experience. All right. Well, that is definitely not the answer that I expected. So yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's the question's like... for. Um, <laughs> and then very next question: craziest production festival venue live stream that you've played at, where you were like either walked like. We walked up to sound check and you're like, damn, yeah. this shit looking nice. Um I would say probably hmm, I don't know. I mean one of my favorite festivals to play always is Lollapalooza. Um and like Perry Stage at Lollapalooza. Um they're always just so fucking epic. I mean, I'd say I mean, we did our, um, we did our, our, like, Adam stage at Red Rocks, which was pretty fucking incredible. Yeah, that was wild. Um, I think, honestly, anything that I've done at the Gorge is like that. Um, the Gorge in Washington, it's like this crazy amphitheater that overlooks, like, a giant gorge. <laughs> and, yeah, it's fucking beautiful, and the stage is just giant, it's just one of those, it's it's just so, it's like an amphitheater, like I said, so, yeah, just when it's full, it just looks fucking incredible, and the, yeah, the stage is just so big, there's so many legendary people who play there, it's very similar to Red Rocks, honestly, like, the vibe, um, but both of those are just too, too good, I mean, um, EDC, EDC Vegas, I guess, would be the, the other obvious, yeah, yeah. 
those no, like giant every single stages. edc stage yeah i feel like <laughs> even the smaller ones are like the size of a main stage and the art cars got crazier <laughs> lasers yeah dude they're insane the art cars <laughs> straight aren't up art cars anymore they're like transformers yeah straight up Literally, optimus yeah. primes like out out in the festival just like playing music decision <laughs> visuals come Excision. to life yeah yeah literally um i just want one more question before we move on to the end um and this like another quick fire question um oh. if you could only listen to one well, it's like a if you're on deserted island and you brought like a couple of things on. Yeah. So if you could only listen to one mix or one live set on that island, what would you listen to? One mix or one live set. Um. Uh, I feel like it would probably be if I'm stranded on a desert island. Um. It would either be like some savagely long lane eight mix that's like 14 hours long or <laughs> oh, honestly red hot chili peppers was always my favorite band growing up and i went um i saw them live once and it was just like super influential for me and um yeah i don't know Maybe that show or, or just the Stadium Arcadium album yeah, or something I mean, like that. Uh, that album's a classic anyways, in my opinion. Yeah, that was one of my favorite albums ever. And just, it's like 28 songs. It's like so long. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, I really love that that one. Yeah. Um. So I want to go on to, you know, you've been with Good Vibrations and you've been pushing a lot of these artists um, that have been releasing songs i mean i've seen leo tricksters recently released one you got some more down the line do you have any anyone you should want to look out for especially coming up to these you know next few festivals and i know you're playing starbase and good vibrations is coming up with a takeover on that yeah yeah i mean we have uh we just started rolling out the shady album um which is really crazy i like his stuff it's just so unique and cool and um obviously wave dash you know we've been putting them on forever but uh, you know i mean that that album was literally one of my favorite albums of the year um and i'm not literally i'm not just saying that because it's on our label like i mean that's you know part of the reason why we signed it is because we loved it so much and we love their music and stuff but um yeah i mean leo tricks is my also probably one of my favorite artists right now i'm glad you brought him up because um yeah he's just been writing so much dope music and he just has like the most like genuine like he just reminds me of me a little bit i think too and um you know when i was like first starting and like i don't know it's kind of this like i feel like there's a there's a different level of creativity when you're like younger and you're first getting into things and you're overthinking things less and you're just like making fun shit that you like are hyped about and I just feel like he's, yeah, he's just writing so much cool music. And, you know, we have a couple of his singles that's coming out that I'm really excited about. And um, we're working on a track together as well. And the Zomboy song is going to be out on Good Vibrations. And I have a track with Ray Volpe. Ray Volpe. Ray Volpe. I think it's Ray Volpe. Ray it's Volpe. coming out. No, it's Ray Volpe. Ray Volpe. 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 Volpe
Volpedo. Ray Volpedo, yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I um, got one with him that I'm really excited about and Leo Tricks and um, a lot of these guys. So, let's see how. Dope. You're Jeez. getting to work with them, and they're definitely, like, some of the new innovators in, like, the dubstep scene. So yeah, I fucking love his shit. Um, my next question is, how come you played so many damn sets at Middlelands in twenty seventeen? Middlelands, dude, it's like you didn't sleep. You literally, like, I tried to sleep and you're still playing. <laughs> Was it? I mean, didn't I only play two? Didn't I do the main one in the after party? You did after party both nights. One the uh, first night you did it like your own thing for like two hours, and the second night you played on like it was like that huge back to back. I don't even remember. Oh yeah, like, I all know those exactly people too. and everyone. Yeah, was just, his slander was there. Everyone so was just like pour, pouring shots, and it was like a party. Yeah, I remember <laughs> like Middlelands. I remember because like I mean, I it was still a fucking blast of a show, but I was like, I think I played. It was like. The lineup before me was literally like, like Sullivan King, like like Twelfth Planet, and then like I don't even know. It was like the heavy. It was like four of the heaviest pieces. It was like Calcium or like something ridiculous. And I just remember people being and and the right before I went on stage, they're like, oh, we just got some like very major noise complaints. Like there's like three hundred people total that live in the city, and like two hundred and like ninety four of them have called the city to like complain. And so they're like, we have to turn your volume down. Like, sorry, but like we just have no option. And so literally, people were just bitching. Like, so many people were complaining about not loud enough. You turn it up, and I was just like, I'm sorry, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm so and I could just tell guys. people were so tired. I was like, they've been listening to dubstep for like 12 hours, and then they turned the sound down. I was just like, ah, damn it. But it was still a fucking blast. Of the show. the limelight like, remix on loop. On yeah, exactly. Just loop it. Um, but yeah, it was a great show. I mean, Insomniac was that, or was that? Yeah, Discord? that was Insomniac. Yeah, it was Insomniac. Yeah, they they crush it always. Like it's just always fun playing their shows. But um, I guess the that uh that location was not choice, I guess. Yeah, my dad lives like five minutes south of there, and yeah. he did not complain. Uh, he was very good. excited. Nice. He was like free music. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing like some pretty funny like news interviews afterwards. Yeah, like an alpaca died or like a llama died or something. Really? Oh, God. But like the sound or something? I don't know. <laughs> that would be insane. Poor um, livestock. <laughs> uh, all right. Lighthearted question so we can start wrapping it up and let you uh, get on with your life or else I'll just sit here asking you questions literally all day. <laughs> uh, favorite video game, like as a child and then now? Um... My favorite video game as a child was probably just straight up 64 Mario Kart. I feel like I played that so much. I also was like absurdly good at Guitar Hero um, for whatever reason in high school, like middle school days. Um, say those maybe FIFA. I also was like a big FIFA guy. Um, I didn't play too many like FPS games or anything like that. I mean, I would play like like Halo Two with my friends in like high school and stuff, but 
Yeah, honestly, as soon as I as soon as I got Ableton, that just became my video game. Like I don't <laughs> even play video games anymore. Like I don't even have oh, yeah. an Xbox or PS2 or fucking you know. I, I have like literally all I have is my PS2. Like I don't even have any new game systems. So, <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I'll play with my friends, like you know, but I just I don't know. I just I don't know. My, my my mind won't let me like do video games. I'm just like anytime I start playing a video game after like 30 minutes, I'm like, I should be doing. I should be finishing this. Exactly. I'm like feeling unproductive. Getting text messages, like yeah. And I've been like working on like, I'm like helping executive produce a couple TV shows right now and like a bunch of oh. other random projects. So like for music like, or just in general executive produce. Um. Yeah. One of them is um like a music kind of travel tv show and then the other one's more like metaverse like nft like kind of inspired. Oh, okay i've heard That's a little cool. bit about that um i mean i know you're work are you working with like your family and your brother can you dive in on any of that yeah a little bit i i've been working with my brother yeah he's um he's 18 months older than me two years older and um he been in LA he came just about a year before me and um was kind of like started his own little production company for tv commercials and they produced a bunch of different random tv related things um and so yeah we had this idea for a tv show or he he actually kind of had the idea for the show but um we've just been slowly fucking making it for four years now i guess kind of like do you know we developed a trailer and a teaser and um filmed it edited it ended up partnering with company three ball productions which is a really cool production company out in la um he sells a bunch of tv shows and we were pitching it for a year or so and then we finally um you know got connected with a major network and um got all our budgets approved and we've been we were trying it was supposed to be shooting this year essentially but um the idea of the show is kind of this um you know it's essentially highlighting this like super unique experience that artists get when they're on tour so like it's gonna be you know each episode like one episode for instance would be let's say you know halsey or whatever is like playing a show she's playing lollapalooza berlin and she did her set on Friday, and now she has Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or Friday set, or whatever, you know, the weekend, three days before or after the show. And there's a local co-host from Berlin who's going to show her around the city, take her to five-star restaurants and music studio sessions or do whatever, and just, like, kind of, like, you know, lay out the red carpet in a way, but also, um, you know, kind of show her what things the city really has to offer that most people wouldn't know about germany or like you know maybe go to a fucking dark dungeness nightclub and you know take drugs or whatever it can be whatever we want because it's you know an internet tv show so it's supposed to be very kind of like rock and roll feels like you're on tour with them and kind of you know getting to see all these really cool unique experiences that you know wouldn't really otherwise get unless you were an artist and you know it'll be kind of just watching them experience all these things but it will be an environment that they've never been in before. You know, it's like something very different from where they grew up and, and stuff like that. So, what? so we I, had like an uh, episode that we were trying to do in Amsterdam and one in Lagos, Nigeria, and one that was in Medellin, Colombia, and one in um, Monterrey, Mexico, and all this stuff. And they've all, pretty much every festival has been canceled internationally. So now we are <laughs> filming in spring next year. Um, 
and yeah so it's cool it's been really fun it's not like a crazy crazy amount of work because a lot of it for me is like being the guy who like connects people like i'll be like hey this is Skrillex's team like connecting you with you know nbc or whatever fucking you know whoever it is that i need to connect them with and a lot of it's just making connections and stuff but it's cool it's been really fun and helping make creative decisions on the show and um, excited for it to finally come together and start my my tv career i guess yeah that's yeah, super I mean, cool you're getting out of the finally getting out of this dubstep scene yeah i mean <laughs> i i i think um yeah it'll it'll be cool it's like it's still music and um i don't know i like i I like doing a lot of different things so it's just another cool outlet for me i think to you know do creative stuff yeah and speaking of tv and like movies and you know if you were to like have your own show but you weren't in it who would star as you like what actor would be nightmare oh my god i have no idea um, kind of like how James Vanderbeek played Diplo. Yeah, exactly. But like, maybe it's a little. Oh, yeah. Maybe we like you more. I wish I wasn't so bad at fucking names of actors. Um. Oh yeah, there's like five. I'm really good. So if you there, if there's you, some if you can kind of describe them. I could there's some TV out. show. Yeah, I was like, there's some TV show online that, um, I probably get a tweet every like three weeks where they're like, Nightmare looks like this guy. I don't know who it is, but. I also get Lil Dicky every once in a while. And now that Dave is like my favorite show, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I just finished it last night. It's so good. Me too. Oh my God, I cried. It's so good, dude. Oh my God. When he when he put the sunglasses on, I was like, Oh shit, Gate is about to pop up. And then it happened. I was like, Oh my God. I saw I heard the show about to start and then I see Gata crying and I'm like, Oh God, like he's devastated. And then it's pulled back and I was just like, Yes. So uh, and yeah my, he, he's so talented man Badass. my freaking roommate made a mashup of a my song and the i don't eat fruits or vegetables I yeah don't eat fruits or vegetables it's that's so good hilarious. it should not be that good it's so funny that's fucking hilarious yeah dude he's a fucking genius i mean i do uh i do love his stuff i don't know i don't know what actor would play me um Fuck. I would love to see Little Dicky play you in like yeah. a biopic or something. Yeah. Though. I mean, that I can see pretty... that if Little Dicky played you in a "What Would Nightmare Do" kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty hilarious. Sounds great. All right, so this has just been great, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I we don't want to keep you too long. I got this last question for you. Um. But what is next for Nightmare? Obviously, we've talked a lot about the album, creating, you know, a universe for the music. Um, but, you know, when should people be looking out for Nightmare, more Nightmare stuff, more Good Vibration stuff, maybe some dope new merch? Um, yep. But what, I'm about, what to, about to rip all this stuff. I got actually a new single um, coming out with Smoke Perp um in like a few weeks i think it's next not this friday but next friday and then um i got some new merch dropping i'm dropping like a duffel bag and some slides um and, and also in like a week or so we actually are dropping a new good vibration shirt um potentially tomorrow i think it's still like kind of getting finalized 
And then, um, yeah, I mean, my, my goal, I got the Zomboy single is going to come out around Halloween. Um, another single that I'm working on with this girl, Ara, um, that is called Lucky that I'm hoping to put out also before the end of the year. Um, and a few more of these like cool bass records I'm also hoping to drop before the end of the year. And then hopefully very beginning of next year, I want to start my album rollout hopefully like January, February, kind of start dropping singles and have it roll out through um, most of the year. And then hopefully there will be some type of nightmare festival um, like late next summer and my album tour also late next summer. Wow. Well, I'm genuinely excited. Thanks. Sometimes I lie about it. I'll be honest, (laughs) but I'm, I'm actually excited. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. A lot of these things, you know, like songs and and just I don't know, things things tend to take longer and longer. So every year, it's like, you know, I don't know, music that that's coming out, like the Smoke Perp thing. It's been done for a year already. So, um, you know, it's it feels good. I'm excited too to just get get stuff out, and hopefully, I'll have this TV show rocking and get my hands in in a few different things. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, at the end of the day, you once you have all that stuff out, like you get to sit back and just like think of your life as like, you know, I did all this shit, and now, you know, what's next for me? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I just try to focus on doing things for me. You know, it's really easy to, I've especially with my personality and just, I don't know my own life i'm very much a people pleaser and i like accommodating people and things like that i always try to consciously think about not necessarily doing that when it's related to music because it's easy to try and write music for other people and Mm. i think it's really important to you know do things for creative things especially for myself and because i you know and that's the that's the things that will at least feel the most fulfilling in the end I've you know seen over the years so yeah yeah into that well, you definitely accommodated us uh you've pleased these people uh <laughs> right here um I just want to say thank you again uh if you guys haven't streamed scars with nightmare featuring young pinch uh definitely go freaking do that if you watch haven't the listened video too yeah watch the video too Don't um. Worry. And if you haven't listened to his recent remix of Alinium's Heavenly Side, definitely do that. It's got some solid, uh, like, OG nightmare, like, melodic, trappy kind of vibe. Um, but other than that, this has just been a frankly bomb-ass episode. And <laughs> yeah. I'm going to thank our guest, Tyler, or as you guys may know him, Nightmare. He was indeed pretty cool. Um, but as always, I'm Tony. And I'm Sean. And this has been a great episode of Electric Talk. Thank you. Peace.